Washington football. Woo! Everybody and welcome to the Burgundy Zone. I am your host Kyle, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Michael Hall and Michael Reed. But we are joined by a very special guest, lead editor for the Hogs Haven, Mark Tyler. How you doing tonight, sir? What's going on, guys? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It is a special, Good. special day. A lot has happened since uh, we have last recorded. I said on Twitter the other night on Tuesday night. Apparently, Ron Rivera is like Santa. He waits for everyone to go to sleep before making moves and dropping presents <laughs> in our lap. First thing I have to ask you, Mark. What kind? What grade would you give Ron Rivera in this front office so far with free agency? Well, I tell you what, Kyle. I was uh, I was not the happiest camper, as many many, many of you guys saw <laughs> when we signed Fitz. Um, nothing against Fitzpatrick, but I just thought that we were going to swing a little bit bigger, maybe go for a younger guy that had a little bit more potential and upside. Um, my philosophy right now is I'm going to throw him in a slow cooker and I'm going to let it marinate and listen, probably come around uh, spring training time. I'll warm up to that. But that was a first, uh, first little knock on that free agency for me. But I tell you what, when we, uh, when we landed Samuel and we ended up, um, you know, making a play for Jackson, that that things just fell into place. Samuel was one of my top guys. I was a juju guy to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, I was probably one of the few out there, that thought Juju would fit very well into our offense. You know, I get the stigma around him, dancing on people's um, fields, you know, but he's a young kid, 24 right. years old. So, yeah. but I was, uh, I was very happy with Samuel. I think he's going to make a, a huge addition to our offense, give us that needed speed, you know, make sure that we can't have a safety uh, hiding over on McLaurin the whole time. So uh, those two picks, I, I, I think they were great signings. Um, so right now I give us a solid B. Okay, well, well, there you go. I'm just going to jump right into it because I saw some of your tweets. Um, and I think I know that the answer, but uh, since Washington signed uh, Fitz, do you envision Washington taking a quarterback at some point in the draft? Or, or do you think that they could still go after a young guy? Or, or what do you think happens with that? Yeah, so I think that's the most interesting dynamic of this whole situation is he's set up to be a mentor. He's set up to be a bridge quarterback. So right. I don't think there's a better time if you're going to move up for your guy. And it's got to be your guy. Yep. But if they, if they identify a guy there and they say, hey, listen, we want to move up to – I mean, I was doing some homework earlier. I think seven is the spot that we mm-hmm. can move up with Detroit. There's history there with Herney. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you could see Trey Lance sitting there at seven. Definitely. So he would be a guy that I would go for because he has – you know, he didn't play uh, – I think he has a year and a half of college ball. Maybe not even. I think he not has even, yeah. a year and one game. Right. Yeah, one. <laughs> and, and that, that one game this year wasn't too, uh, too great either. Right, right. But – Give him some time to grow. Let him mentor behind a guy like Fitz. And I think he could do phenomenal things in this offense. He's almost like a mini cam to me with a better arm. Right. I like that. I like that comparison. Um, Kind of sticking with the draft. Now that they've addressed wide receiver, they've addressed cornerback. Where do you kind of see them going next in the draft? And do you see a defensive, offensive? What's your kind of thought? I mean, so I think there's so many different ways that we could go in the draft. I mean, obviously, we've we've got a quarterback for the for the year. So if we don't move up for a quarterback and we say, hey, we're going to take our shot next year on, uh, you know, one of these guys coming out and they stay pat. Um, listen, I'm one of the few that say you cannot have enough good offensive linemen on a team. So right. for, for us to sit there at 19, if we see Darisaw sitting there, I, I mean, it's a, I think that's a no-brainer pick for us. Um, Moses is going to be 30 years old he's got uh two years left on his contract 
Um, I mean, we could restructure them, make some more cap space, but we don't need it right now. But, um, you know, he's not going to be playing that much longer at a high level. He's already had ankle problems. Um, you know, we don't really have a future left tackle on this team. So I think that would be a great spot. Um, the one guy I'm intrigued by, I know he's not going to be there at 19, but I can dream it's Kyle Pitts. He would just make it. He would make our offense dynamic. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about positionless football. And we have a couple guys already that fit that bill. Samuel fits that bill. Um, you know, but Kyle Pitts coming in, I mean, he's a jumbo wide receiver. It's going to run. He can get vertical. And he can run any route in the route tree. So he would be intriguing. But like I said, I don't see him being there at 19. Um, the other guy that I've talked a lot about lately is Rashad Bateman. You know, and he took a year off last year. But if you look at his 2019 film, this is good than any receiver out there playing on a team that didn't have a ton of offensive weapons around him. And Hold you, Kyle. Yeah, he can go up and get the ball, man. He ran a 4 3 9 the other day at his, uh, at his pro day workout. I think someone clocked him as low as a 4 3 7. But at 6 2, 215, you put him on the outside, you let Samuel focus on the inside, McLaurin on the opposite side. I mean, how are you going to guard those guys? Right. It's, it's, that would just be unbelievable. So, um, that's kind of the three that I'm looking at for the draft right now as, as maybe my top guys, but um, I'm not going to rule out linebacker. There's a couple of linebackers that I like in the second and third more of going linebacker in the first, but just say that a guy like Parsons slips. I mean, that's a dream pick for us. We linebacker. were just talking about that. Yeah. That would be, so, that would be <laughs> absolutely insane if he actually got there. Um, Cause that's, that's a shoe in fit right there. Now, my mm-hmm. next question for you is, you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, there's a lot being said. You know, I know the older quarterback, and a lot of people are saying, you know, we should probably go with the younger. But where do you, how do you see Ryan Fitzpatrick fitting in with this offense? Why would they bring him in um, to be the quarterback this year? So I've heard of good things about Fitzpatrick when it comes to being a locker room guy. You know, first of all, I think Ron wants high character guys, so he's a high mm-hmm. character guy. Second of all, he's smart. You know, he's a Harvard grad, so the, the kid can pick up an offense. I mean, he's been in eight different offenses. This will be his ninth, I guess, going into uh, his year 39 season, if we want to say it that way. But he's a smart dude. He gets it. Um, everyone's going to love him in that locker room. So yeah. he's going to come in there. He's going to endear himself to the team. He's going to go out there and sell out. I was watching a clip that someone put on YouTube today of him going out and leading on a, on a sweep and blocking. Yeah. I'm like, that's that's my dude. That's my quarterback. So I think he'll fit in with toughness. I think he'll fit in with smarts. But he's also going to press the ball on the field. And we haven't seen that here in a long time. Right. So I think we're all anxious to be able to get that ball more than 30 yards down the field. And God, yeah. listen, I love Alex Smith, the person, but the quarterback just wasn't doing it for us. Right. It's definitely going to be a huge difference. And I think Washington fans should be excited about that. It's going to be night and day compared to last year. Um, mm-hmm. But this is this has been a pretty big offseason for us. I mean, you just look at some of the players that they signed. PFF has us rated as the best. We've improved our team so the most so far this offseason. Um, how do you think that this offseason differs from the big offseasons by like a Vinny Serrato or Bruce Allen? Do you think that this one's different? Well, the biggest thing, and we were tweeting about the other night with a bunch of different people, but um, you didn't see leaks. And for right. me, it was so refreshing. You didn't right? see all these leaks. <laughs> so, you know, in the past, the agents used us. You know, yeah. they'll put out yeah. a leak and, right. oh, hey, the Redskins are on this guy. I better up up my offer. Right. Um, so we didn't see that. Um, I kind of thought that we would make a bigger splash a lot quicker, but then I understood why, because the receiver market wasn't moving. And that was like the one yeah. area that we really needed to, to focus on. Um, I still think we can make a lot of moves in free agency. I mean, mm-hmm. linebacker is a huge need right now. Yep. And I think there's probably what I have identified as like four linebackers that fit our system really nice. 
who are still floating around out there and can be had for modest deals. Right. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, I'm going to kind of fast forward into the season, a little preview into next year with them adding Ryan Fitzpatrick. It should potentially add a little bit of more balance offenses of de- offensively and defensively going forward. So do you see them at staying put at seven wins? Because it's a first-place schedule, so it's going to be a, a tough one going forward. But do you see them possibly staying put at seven, lower wins, higher wins with the addition so far that they've made? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think right now um, it, we still need a couple pieces. I mean, I, I still don't think that defense is complete. You know, they had a ranking of, I think, third or fourth overall last year in overall defense. But those numbers were a little bit misleading because early in the season we gave up you know, four games in a row where we give up 30 points or more. Yeah. So there's a lot on that defense that can still improve. Um, we're going to have to hang our hat in that defense if we want to win. And I think we're going against a couple quarterbacks in that division that we can do that. You know, I, listen, I'm not sold on Hurts being a, a, a game guy that's going to be able to bring your team back in the fourth quarter comeback. Um, Danny Dimes hasn't been Danny Dimes since his first year. So um, I don't know what we want to call him right now, but <laughs> I don't think that team scares us unless they do sign Galladay. So who knows? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's going to be us and the Cowboys. The Cowboys are loaded every year. They come in loaded. They, uh, they end up doing something to, uh, shit the bed. So we'll see what happens this year, but, um, for a win total right now, I mean, I'm going to put us at nine wins. I think we can get the nine wins. Um, you know, and hopefully that gets us into the playoffs. And it should. I've said many, many times, I think the winning the division is going to be the marker there. I'm saying if it's a good season or a bad season. Now, one of the the big, huge splashes that happened after Ryan Fitzpatrick was William Jackson III being signed for a three-year, $42 million deal. So my father-in-law was texting me. He still thought that the Darby leaving was a huge loss, that he didn't sit well with him. Is that an upgrade in your eyes? And I know William Jackson, when he was in Cincinnati, played a lot of man coverage. And Jack Rio last year was doing a lot of zone coverage. So do you, one, mm-hmm. think that it is a big upgrade from Darby? And then how do you think that he'll be used in this system? So I've always liked Darby. I mean, I always thought Darby's biggest downfall was the injuries and couldn't, couldn't stay healthy. So when we saw him stay healthy last year, I think we saw the true Ronald Darby. Um, he fit nice into that system. We played a ton of cover three last year. So we played a ton of cover three, we played a little bit of man over. He mixed up some red and black coverages on the backside. But um, with Jackson, you're going to have to play to his strengths. So he is a press man guy. He's long. He's athletic. He can run with anybody. We saw him run with McLaurin last year and, and uh, mm-hmm. knock that ball down on the deep shot. So I think we're going to have to, you know, flip our mentality a little bit. And Del Rio is going to have to say, all right, listen, you want to go out there and you want to man up against our best receiver? We're going to play a little bit of press man and, um, you know, jam that kid and let our defense get to the quarterback. So I think we're going to have to see a little bit of a philosophy shift. But you have Sweat coming into year three. Um, you have Young coming into year two. So those guys are maturing every day and I, they're only going to get better. So if that quarterback has less than three seconds to pass, you know, that's, that's a win for us. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I love the William Jackson signing. Um, you talked a little bit about the versatility on offense. Uh, Curtis Samuel, when he was in Carolina, he was kind of used kind of as a gadget type player. Uh, they these were played running back in high school and college. And so he's it was kind of new to receiver. Took him a little bit to catch on. But how do you think he's going to be used in this offense with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick? Do you see them putting out packages where all three of those guys are on the field at the same time? Oh, hundred percent. And that's the most exciting part of that. You know, you right. can put them in a slot, you can use them on jet sweeps, you can put them in the backfield. Um, you know, I can imagine two backfield guys split, you know, him and uh and Gibson or McKissick, you know, they're both running angle routes out of the backfield. How are you gonna cover that? It's just gonna right. be unbelievable. But um he can also play on the outside. So 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I've been a fan for a long time of a big slot receiver. You know, Michael Thomas played a lot of snaps in the slot. Keenan mm-hmm. Allen played a lot of snaps in the yeah. slot. So mm-hmm. if you want two speed guys on the outside and, you know, fingers crossed that Harmon comes back healthy or AGG, I wouldn't mind seeing one of those guys lined up in the slot. Yeah. You know, when you go uh, Logan Thomas on one side, AGG Harmon on the other, and then you put the two speedsters on the outside and with a running back like McKissick or uh, Gibson. I mean, yeah. where are you going to go? How are you going to cover that? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot of speed on the field at once. So it sounds great to me. Um, a guy that wasn't retained, a guy that has been beloved in this city and, and on the, on the organiz- in the organization for a while was Nick Sundberg. Uh, how did you feel about them not retaining him? And how do you feel about Dustin Hopkins coming back? So, yeah, Nick was Nick was a great guy. I mean, had so many people that I had read tweets on and people who were interacting with him personally and just talked about the high character, you know, so it always hurts to lose a guy like that. You know, a guy who was dedicated to his team, who was dedicated to a city. Um, so it, yeah, it, it really hurts to see a guy like that go. Um, as for Hopkins, I had mixed feelings. Um, you know, it, it, they, this goes back uh, a few years, you know, we uh, had a couple <laughs> easy chip shots that we missed. The game in London will haunt me forever. Oh my God. Yep. I don't even want to think about about that. that. Yeah, Yeah, that that one is uh, that one that one still stings. Um, You know, but listen, he's been our most consistent kicker for you know how long, and we haven't been able to say that for so long. So, um, I guess we have to take the highs and the lows of Hop. Hopefully, uh, last year and those missed kicks were to do with his injury and not consistency. So I'm just hoping to see a little bit more consistency and maybe getting paid will help that out. Um, But you know, listen, make your 30 yards and under. Make your 30 to 40 yards, and we'll give you a 60% on over 50 right now. I'll take it. (laughs) And it looks like right now, Mark, our biggest need for the Washington football team is linebacker. And Ron Rivera previously, I think last week, said that if he couldn't retain KPL, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, that he wanted to get somebody younger and that had the same type of skill set. A guy that is returning is Josh Harmey. Harvey Clemens, who kind of has that skill set of being the kind of multi-gadget kind of linebacker. Do you think that he's going to have a big impact in this defense next year? Yeah, I was a little bit upset that, uh, you know, we hadn't seen a lot of him over the last couple of years, obviously playing three, four, he really didn't fit into that scheme. He was kind of a positionless player, you know, plays safety a little bit in college, you know, but he's bulked up. So we saw him bulk up to 240 pounds and then we had COVID hit and he sat out for the season. So I'm hoping he comes back. The kid has speed. The kid has versatility. I remember watching film of him when he came out. He had loose hips. He could open his hips and run with people. He could carry a tight end. Um, is he going to be the answer? I, I don't know. I think I have a little bit more faith in, um, you know, some of the guys that are on the open market right now. Like a, a guy like Anthony Walker, I think, fits mm-hmm. his defense perfectly. Yes. He's a guy that I've been talking about, and we could probably get him for five or $6 million a year on a three-year deal. It's a 25-year-old kid. Um going to be a coach someday he's that smart he's a Mm. he's another coach on the field and he can play the mic he can play the sam you know you probably wouldn't put him at will because i don't think he plays really really great in space but he's not a liability by any means Mm. so um that's a guy that i would target and the draft has a ton of guys this year i mean you look at the second and beyond you're looking at um you know a, a really really heavy linebacker class like collins if he goes into the second round bolton um, the guy I love is Jabril Cox, the North Dakota yep. State kid. Oh, from yeah. LSU. Mm-hmm. Love that kid. I think he could be a tremendous uh, freak. Yeah. Will linebacker or Mike, mm-hmm. you can put him in either one. Um, he's only 230 pounds, but the kid can run and he can hit. And then you got a kid like Surratt later on in the draft. You know, yep. if you sit there around to the third, um, you can see a kid like him go for us. I mean, he's an athletic kid. We used to be a quarterback. So I think there's a lot of options at linebacker. Um, so 
hey, Quan Alexander's out there. Okay. I would take yeah. a shot at him. He's young. He can play uh, multiple positions. Um, the one guy I liked last year that I, I was championing for us to sign him was uh, Campbell from uh, the Falcons. So he yeah, went to the Cardinals yeah. one year, and now he's a free agent again. So I want to say 27 years old. He had a hell of a year for uh, the Cardinals. I mean, he killed yeah. us in the game we played. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's uh, you're definitely right about the linebacker class. I love this linebacker class, especially Chaz Surratt, but switch gears a little bit. And you can just answer this one real fast. Do you think that this offense can be a top 10 offense in the NFL? Wow, that is tough. Uh, We got to get a running game. So if we can get a consistent running game, I I think we have the ability to do so. Um, It's all going to come down to, I mean, we passed block last year a lot better than we run block, in my opinion. But when Sheriff came back and we started clicking, um, you know, things were, were going for us in some of those games. Continuity is going to be huge. So we're bringing back our offensive linemen. If we can bring back all five guys that can stay healthy and get a running game, I don't see why we couldn't be top 10. Um, we definitely have the weapons and we have the ability to improve in the draft. So, I mean, they're there. Right. And uh, actually, it's funny you mentioned running backs. I was going to ask a running back question. Uh, Gibson was my guy when we drafted him in the third round last year. I was telling these guys, like, they were kind of like questioning it. I was like, look. In my defense, we had weapon. Darius Geis. Right. Yeah, like, hey. NAP. Sure. That's true. But I was like, look, he's going to be an all-around weapon. He's going to kill it. So, what do you uh, expect from him going into year two? And two-part question: They just retained uh, Lamar Miller for one year. Would you rather draft a guy or go with Lamar Miller as kind of that third-down kind of Peyton Barber role? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I'll talk about the Peyton, you know, the Peyton Barber and Lamar Miller signing. I mean, Miller was on our team last year, didn't get any carries. Um, you know, so everyone we knew the name. Um, I don't think he's a pounder. I think he's more of a patient runner who can hit a hole. I think he's good in his own scheme. Um, Hopefully he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear in his body. Didn't get a lot of carries last year. Um, So that's going to be good for him. Um, Barber, you know, he's a little undersized for that big back role that we play, but he plays it well. So I have no problem, you know, bringing a guy in there. Um, Running backs for me are are becoming a dime a dozen. So I don't, really like to use a high pick on a running back, you know, third rounder or later. Um, if we can find a good steal, um, a good versatile kid that can catch the ball in the backfield, like you saw with Gibson, like you see with McKissick. Um, but going to um, Gibson, I remember watching um, the Penn State Memphis game that year in the Rose Bowl. And I mean, I watched it over and over because I've never seen a human being play like Micah Parsons in that game. I, I don't, I've watched so much football in my time and I, I've never seen a guy all over the field like that. So, I'm watching that game over and over. And then I start to see Gibson flashing a little bit. He did some jet sweeps. You know, he caught a couple quick balls in the slot. I'm like, this kid's pretty big for a receiver. You know, I better do some more homework on him. And then obviously when we drafted him, that's the game I went back and watched a couple of times. I'm like, this kid's got some uh, serious ability. He can be special. So I think he's going to have a monster year this year. I think he's going to see many more catches out of the backfield. They're going to utilize his skill set a lot more. Um, So, yeah, I, I think he can easily be a thousand yard back, chipping an extra five hundred yards receiving, and, right. and you're looking at, you're looking at a beast hey. with ten plus touchdowns. Logan Logan Paulson told us he thinks he can be one of the top five backs in the NFL. He says he has that much ability. He does. He, he's still learning. I mean, the kid never yeah. really lined exactly. up. Exactly. He's still right. young. Got better as the season went along. Has, has so much tread left on the tires too. Yeah, and the patience. You started to see him develop yeah. patience, and right. once we saw that, things started to click. Yeah. Yeah. And now, Mark, to wrap this up, my last question for you is the Washington football team right now remaining cap space by spot track. 
is about 6.8 million left in cap. That's not talking about maybe if they restructure with uh, Sheriff, getting him an extension, being able to space the money out, or a possibly change with Landon Collins later down the road post the June deadline. But do you think that Ryan Kerrigan, because there's been nothing said about him in the open market, we haven't heard that much, do you think there is a possibility that Ryan Kerrigan could come back and be that backup rusher? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I want to say, yeah, my heart says I want to see Ryan Kerrigan retire a Redskin. Um, my head says no, because he still feels he can play at a high level. Um, he sees these guys out there that are 32, 33 years old, making high impact plays, and he thinks he can do the same thing. So I think he's going to get an opportunity to go to a team and, you know, maybe put two or three years in um, and finish off. But I, I do hope he comes back and retires a Redskin. Um, I just, I just don't see us being able to give him the deal that let me just put this with the deal he deserves right to stay yeah. here right you know we can make the money i'm i'm listen we can restructure moses i mean there's a lot of ways we can make a, some extra money on this team but i think he wants to still go and be a starter so uh i'd be happy to see him you know finish his career strong somewhere else and then come back and retire and put him in the ring of fame yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It was just one of those questions I saw today. I said, oh, that's a good one. I want to, I want to ask Mark that. Well, Mark, oh, that's cool, yeah. I can't thank you enough for being able to come on. Uh, my yes, father loves you. the Hogshaven. He's always sending me your articles. I enjoy reading your articles as well. You've done I've a great job years. this far. So I really yep. appreciate you taking the time out because this was a notch on the belt for us for sure. Man. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was great to interact with you guys, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll go on and be able to celebrate a, a heck of an offseason draft and – 2021 yes sir yeah. going to the playoffs next year all right mark all right, you have guys. a good night sir all right thank you Enjoy, mark. Guys. we'll see you guys all right everybody we just spoke with mark tyler of the hogs haven which was a great interview that was that was great he's the man yeah he's give the man. Us, yeah. He knows mark dude man i like him nobody nobody knows washington football better than mark tyler no you know? and so before we go on to the other part of the episode where we're going to have our fan questions I want to do a quick rundown of what has happened as of late. It looks like Washington has signed former Carolina Panther center Tyler Lawson to a deal. It looks like that's just a depth piece. He hasn't started a game in 2019, but in 2018, he started in three games. And so, look, this might be one of those Mike Matsko kind of just depth signings. But this this brings a question. What's going on with, um, oh, my goodness, now I can't. Ishmael, Keith Ishmael. Yeah, Keith Ishmael. The draft Um, pick that they had last year, I think it was the fifth round that they selected him in. I think think they're they're probably just depth, just in case. You you never know. Um, And and, And Chase Warrior just got an extension. Yeah, and and, and Rivera always talks about competition. So I I think it's just that maybe they weren't, they didn't see enough from Ishmael last year like they thought they were going to. Maybe this will kind of light a fire under them and be like, hey, you got to earn your spot, man. You got to come out ready to play. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to hit the hit it at is uh, I think that they saw little bits and pieces of maybe his potential. I know they were like kind of switching him out at guard, had him playing guard and because obviously mine was his uh, players to be versatile. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that it's a depth piece and a a depth piece. Can't even talk today. (laughs) Mike Tyson. I know. A depth, piece, <laughs> a depth piece, and I definitely think that, football uh, team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trying to light a fire under his ass and maybe uh, get some competition going at the position or at the backup position, I should say. Yeah, right. Yeah, and in speaking of competition, looks like David Sharp is returning to the Washington football team. Uh, if you guys remember, I think Washington traded with the Raiders for him during yeah. the season last year, yeah. bring some depth at tackle. 
Uh, and then Danny Johnson is returning, who is Perfect. a corner, but also is a return man. So I know that you're happy about that, Reed, uh, hearing that Steven Sims most likely won't be returning kicks this year. Yeah, well, you know, as soon as we brought in Curtis Samuel, I was like, well, unfortunately, there goes Steven Sims writing on the wall. So, you know, what are you going to do? I hope he's gone. Unfortunately, Danny Johnson only like really kind of returns kicks. So the punt return spot is still right. open for your boy, Steven Sims. Now, let's hope not. chapter is shut on that yeah and look by i gotta give credit to the washington football team uh going to get ryan fitzpatrick and then william jackson for their price points i mean that was people were talking about that was the sixth overall prospect for the in the free agency and washington went inside him and look i know a lot of people are going to say he doesn't really match up with the cover three kind of zone scheme that jack del rio likes to run like he did last year but look someone brought up a great point when Jack DeVere was with the Raiders, he liked to blitz the zero blitz a lot, right. which is you're right. blitzing possibly six guys and then having everyone in man-to-man coverage. William Jackson fits that mold and that yes, formula sir. to a T. Right. Yeah, William yeah. Ja- I mean, Jack Del Rio knows what he's doing. Uh, Ron Rivera knows what Jack likes to do. Uh, there's a reason that they were okay with letting Darby go for less money. Uh, they've, they've had their eyes on William Jackson, and I think it's a fantastic signing. William Jackson, he's – First of all, he's just better, in my opinion. He could be a corner. He could be the, the number one corner for this team. I mean, 100%. He was used at times out of place in Cincy. And just having a defensive front like this, like people will get on him about the last couple of years and how his coverage kind of dropped off from uh, three years ago. But he's he's never had a defense like this with the talent around him. And uh, I just think that that's going to be huge for him. I expect him to possibly have a career year and be one of the better cornerbacks in all of football. Yeah, and uh, we saw that Kendall Fuller towards the end of the year and towards the middle of the year started to get beat a couple times, was yeah. getting a couple penalties here and there. Wasn't playing, I'm, I was, I guess I want to say his best football at the time, covering the number one receiver, receiver for the team. So with them bringing in Jackson, that gives um, them the chance to let him cover the number one receiver, follow that guy, or at least a little bit of pressure off of uh, Fuller and let him get back to his kind of previous – Washington football team years when he was here before the trade. Yeah, and look, dude, I said it on Twitter on Tuesday night after we had uploaded the episode and everything, and the William Jackson uh, news comes out, and I'm just like, dude, Ron Rivera just took a grenade to our episode, pulled the pen, and just placed a grenade right in our episode because I talked about them looking at J.C. Horn uh, in the first round, who's a lockdown corner who you could step in right away and be able – and literally, that's what William Jackson is. He's a lockdown yeah. corner, plays press yeah. man, he's long hands, and he's going to take away your number one wide receiver. And that's exactly what William Jackson is going yeah. to do. So, so I'm, I'm happy they did it. It's just like the timing was terrible. Three well steps known, ahead of you, three steps ahead well, of you. Right. Little known fact, I did some research on William Jackson. You know him and Xavier Howard went to the same high school? Imagine – being being a high school wide receiver and being like, I gotta go up against William Jackson and Xavier Howard. Okay, cool. Looks like we're running the ball today. forty times. Yeah, I'm not, right. not touching the ball. All right. Exactly, right. dude. Look, I I think that's what's what's building here for Washington. I think Ron Rivera. I know we I talked about it personally and saying that Ron Rivera understands that the defensive front really helps out the secondary, especially the corners. It makes them look really good. So they didn't need to go and spend that money on Darby. They blew that out of the water. And I think what Ron Rivera is doing here is he's building the best defense in the NFL. And I can, I'll can i say that confidently that that's yeah, what's being but, built here right now, yeah. especially with what could possibly be coming down the pipeline with linebacker in the draft. There's a lot of depth there. They're going to be able to get somebody that can come in and help and contribute at the linebacker position in the draft because I think there's no 
I don't think there's any discrepancy about it with their moves so far. They haven't done much at linebacker. It's the one position no. that they have not no. touched at all, and right. it's one of the biggest needs. And there was already a need before they lost Kevin right. Pierre Lewis, and then losing him. I mean, it's, there, there's a lot that they got to do still. I mean, but I, I, I trust them. They know what they're doing at linebacker. If anybody does, it's Ron and Del Rio. Yeah, and like Mark said, there's a lot of depth in this draft. There's like a lot of second round guys, a lot of third round guys that can come in and contribute right away. So, I mean, maybe they're gonna go uh, best position available. Maybe they're gonna go Darrishaw at 19. Maybe they'll trade back, get a linebacker in the first round. Who knows? But like you guys said, they're definitely gonna address it. And once we get a, uh, I mean, look, there's still a lot of guys in free agency as well, like Mark mentioned as well. So, I definitely think they're gonna address it. I think they're just gonna wait for maybe like that third fourth wave of free agency and then address it in the draft as well yeah i think that's perfect and you mentioned the first round of the nfl draft and let's so let's go to our fan questions and the first one's going to be from freddie ham of the htwr podcast oh fredster yeah so i'll start with you reed with this question will we go linebacker in the first round or quarterback or quarterback oh i I think washington's gonna go linebacker um I, i do like Mark's theory, Mark Tyler's theory about us possibly trading up for a quarterback, uh, especially only having fits on a one-year deal. You have to get somebody who's behind him, but I still think that you can get that guy on day two. Um, but I, 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 and the fact that they haven't done anything at linebacker yet leads me to believe that they are kind of waiting for the draft or, or, and, or maybe they're going to sign another veteran. Cause I'd still think they need a couple linebackers to be completely honest with you. So I think that they're still going to go line, but I think linebacker is more likely in round one. What about you, Hall? Do you agree with Reed that most likely it's going to be linebacker over quarterback? Yeah, uh, I do. And uh, it was probably two to three, maybe even three for three, so we'll probably all be wrong. But, uh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> I definitely do think that's possible, especially if uh, – What about wide receiver? Okay, wide receiver over linebacker. I know you're not a big Bateman guy, but – I mean, look, Bateman on the outside with Terry and Samuel in the slot would be crazy. But I will say this, though. I'd probably still go linebacker just because they already dressed it with Samuel. I know he's not a typical outside guy, but he can line up on the outside. He's a burner, so he can can burn you down the sideline. Um, He can obviously be using the slot as well. And with so much depth in this draft with wide receiver, we're going to get into that with our prospect breakdowns, at least I will. So, Um, So will I. Oh, yeah, I forgot, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I definitely think it's more likely is linebacker, and more likely than that, I would probably go offensive tackle. Yeah, I, I like that. But the thing is, for me, um, I, I do think it's going to be linebacker, especially if a guy like Michael Parsons is possibly there. Um, uh, that's the avenue because that that's your Luke Keekley there. And we've talked about it many, many times. Ron Rivera wants to get that kind of linebacker in here to kind of make that defense go over the top to make it the best defense in the NFL. And that kind of player can do that. If not, I've said it many, many times, Freddie, that I think that the best possible thing you can do is trade back in that first round. If somebody is willing to do that, and that way you could get some more picks for the later rounds and do something there. I know Davis Mills had his pro day today, and he looked really good. Obviously, every quarterback's going to look good in their pro day. But the fact is, is you don't need to mortgage your future by trading up in this first round, in my personal opinion, for a quarterback. Now, if a quarterback does fall to you at 19, 
there is a question there. Why is that quarterback falling to you at 19 when there's so many quarterback needy teams in the NFL right now? That should be a glaring warning sign. So for me personally, out of all the moves that they've done so far, I think linebacker is more probable, Freddie, than quarterback at this point. And that's just my personal opinion. Uh, that's a great question from Freddie. Now, Orange Crush, who had the great question last time on Tuesday. he said, Orange Crush? Yeah, Orange Crush 92. I drink those every summer. Orange crushes like are my, my favorite go-to. Drinks. I got it. I got it. I got some in the fridge right now. I, I get ridiculously drunk off of those. So. <laughs> he they want to know: Can you explain exactly what Washington's offense's scheme is, and what kind of defenses or teams is the Washington football team designing to counter? And I'll start with you, Hall. Um, well, they're designing to counter, I guess, like the. Uh, the Giants defense is pretty uh, pretty stacked, pretty good. They just re-signed Williams. They got pretty stout linebackers and Blake Martinez. Got Bradbury. Um, Bradbury, exactly. I, I would assume we're probably going to add their to the defense in the draft. So uh, when you got guys like that that are uh, great, uh, a great nose for the football and the linebacker and the defensive line, uh, you got a lot of – use a lot of jet motions, a lot of uh, pre-snap motions, stuff like that, a lot of positionless players on the field. If, uh, that's a lot. Of, that's where the NFL is kind of going nowadays. So it's all about the the matchups and the mismatches, and that's what Scott Turner's offense is all about. Yeah, and you're 100% right about that. For me, what the scheme is right now, Orange Crush, is, you know, what was the issue last year with this football team? And that Steven was – And that was – yeah, this is Steven Sims. <laughs> but it was being able to push the ball downfield because, yeah. you know, this offensive line actually graded out really well in run blocking, especially Cornelius Lucas, but they struggled in average per carry. And that's not because the offensive line wasn't doing enough what they had to do. It was because defenses weren't respecting the long ball, so they were playing up at the line of scrimmage, making it very hard to run the football with Antonio Gibson, even though he had great success. So what happens now with Ryan Fitzpatrick and adding Curtis Samuel with Terry McLaurin, you're now having to respect that deep ball. It's going to open up a lot of things right inside there for you. And you guys brought up a great example with the Giants and their great front being able to push the ball outside and out wide. That's how you're going to beat them. You cannot beat them by running the ball through the middle. You're going to have to do it by creating a lot right. of space. And adding Curtis Samuel to this offense does that exactly. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick being able to throw, I, I call him a poor man's Brett Favre. Uh, you know, just willingly throwing the ball whenever he can. Yeah. What's a cover three? You know, like right. that's what he's doing. He's just tossing the ball yeah. out there, and that's the kind and of thing you need. That's the thing. He's said that too. He knows what kind of corner, what kind of quarterback he is. I mean, he knows that. He's like, I'm, I'm a guy that's going to throw it downfield. You know, yeah. I mean, and yeah. we know that based on the fact that he's played for a third of the NFL and he's done that <laughs> everywhere that he's went. I mean, the guy just loves to push it downfield. You can't hate him for that. And that's a good thing. That's why we brought in. You look at the speed on this team right now. I, I mean, you have three guys on offense that should be that are going to be starting that run a four three. I mean, it's just Fitzpatrick's going to love this. He's going to love the six six Logan Thomas. I mean, they're they're trying to do the polar opposite of what they were last year, and they want to push the ball downfield. Yeah, and I will say this. I don't think this is Orange Crush. I don't think this is designed for going against defenses. I think they realized against Tampa in the playoffs and looking at the Cowboys offense last year, you know, your defense is great. It can really stifle guys, but you're going to have to be able to put up points. And this Regardless, is essentially what right. they're doing is going to be able to compete with possibly Kansas city next year with kind of being able to put up points. You know, as great as your defense is guys like Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're going to find ways to get the ball down the field. They're going to find your weak point because there always is on defense. So what this is, is this isn't geared towards beating a defense. This is geared to keeping up with other offenses. And this gives them a chance to be able to score a lot of 
points and stay in a lot more games, in my personal opinion. Yeah, it's an offensive league nowadays, so you got to right. bolster your offensive up, your offense up to, like you said, kind of give your defense a type of a, a shield or a little bit of protection, get a little a little bit of protection for your defense. Next thing you know, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and the boys, they can eat right. all day. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, this isn't the early 2000s anymore. So just, you know, that you can't get by strictly with defense. You got to be able to put some points up regardless. It, just because that's just the way the NFL is nowadays. I mean, the calls all favor the offense. They yep. want to, they want to see points. They want to see yardage. So it just is what it is. You got to, you got to score points. Yeah. And the funny it's thing the, is, is oh. Hall had brought up Ryan Fitzpatrick earlier in the off season. I think it was about a month ago. And, you know, at first I was kind of bullish on it, but then I thought about it. Yeah. And later in the pot, I addressed it. And I said, Oh, you're right, because think about it from this aspect. Imagine if they do go ahead and draft a guy like Davis, Davis Mills or Kellen Mond in the second or maybe mid-tier rounds. What you essentially have now is the veteran older vet in Ryan Fitzpatrick who can play right away. You then have two mid-level vets in Taylor Heineke and uh, Kyle Allen who can step in and do well, but then you also have the guy that you're grooming. So you t typically, generally, you're going to have three tiers of quarterbacks that are meshing together and can step in at any time and help you win football games and I think that is a great recipe to have as a Washington football team because it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall you have all three different age groups there and I think that's a really really smart way to go about it I can't guarantee they're going to take a quarterback in the draft but yeah I would love that kind of aspect from it. is that a is that a real analogy is used in that situation throwing spaghetti at the wall no <laughs> Let's say I've usually usually heard that like for like bad things about like sex and stuff like oh man it was like what spaghetti well, no no like you've never heard that like when you're making spaghetti to test that the noodles are good like you take yeah, the noodles yeah, out, you yeah, throw yeah. it at the wall I'm more of a I'm more of a ramen noodle kind okay. of guy you yeah. know so, I don't really essentially what people do is they throw the spaghetti the noodle at the wall to see if it sticks if it sticks it's good to go if it falls it's not ready yet I've never cooked anything outside of a okay. microwave I, yeah, I, I figured so when you asked that question. <laughs> You know, I'm usually terrible at the analogies. Now, the next question is from Tony Franchise. All the top free agent tight ends are essentially gone to New England. So are there <laughs> what options are left do you feel are the best fit for the Washington football team, Hall? Well, I just saw that earlier today the Houston Texans released Darren Fells. That's a big body target. That's a big body tight end. A great red zone target. He uh Deshaun Watson loves hitting him in hitting him in the in the red zone and the end zone. Uh he's a not the best blocker, but he's an average blocker. So that would be a guy that you could pair up with Logan Thomas. Like Logan Thomas kind of being the the more athletic guy and then Fells being the bigger body type of guy. So that could be a guy. Or uh, like we said, in the we can go in the draft with uh, Kenny Yaboa, I think. Is, that's his name. take says my it? dude, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, him in the, like, the fourth, fifth round, somewhere around there. Maybe a guy like Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame. He's getting a lot of runs. So, uh, yeah, a couple ways they can go, but – if I had to pick, I'd probably go with uh, probably the younger guy in the draft. Maybe a guy like out of, the dude out of Miami, uh, Brevin Jordan. Brevin, Brevin Jordan, exactly. So there's a lot of there's a couple ways it can go, but I would probably go to the draft and look for a guy. Yeah, I'm right there with you. With as much cap space as they have right now, um, I think that the draft is the best way to go. Uh, Brevin Jordan, I just don't think he's going to be around for that second round pick at 51 for the Washington yeah, football team. That's why I think Kenny Yaboa is probably the best bet, best bang for your buck there. He is a vertical tight end. He ran away from Alabama multiple times, was able to score touchdowns off of it. He is a great blocker. He's not phenomenal. He's not Pat Fryermuth from Penn State, and he's not Kyle Pitts. 
Um, and so, but the thing is you can get value for that and he can be a contributor. He's faster than Jeremy Sprinkle. So he's going to be able to bring you some competition at the tight end spot, especially that number two. I know John Kime talked about the tight end that they're looking for is a vertical threat that can block. And that's Kenny Yaboa personally. Now, Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame, that's another guy, uh, but he was primarily used as a blocker and was used more on drag routes and stuff. He's not really a vertical threat running away from DBs, but that's another option you can go towards in the draft. What about you? read yeah i think the draft is pretty much where you kind of have to look now at a tight end uh just because if you really if you look at the free agents that are still available right now i mean like tyler croft jesse james tyler eifert jacob hollister darren fells i mean some of these guys they could be decent number twos um if if dan arnold is still out there the, he played for i i don't yeah, think yeah, he is a cardinal i mean he's a former wide receiver yeah actually i think yeah. he is still out there despite what wikipedia says um He's somebody who's interesting because he's a former receiver. He's big. He, he knows how to get down the field. He can be used. He's still young. and He's raw. Uh, maybe he's somebody you could see as a vertical threat, but the whole blocking aspect, he didn't really have that down yet. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you kind of have to look in the draft for number two tight end at this point. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the only recipe, especially with the cap space that they have at the moment. Um, right. Now let's go with Andy's question. Oi, Burroughs Oi. from the DC Tweet Team podcast. How Oi. much credit does Dan Snyder, uh, should he get, for all the things that are happening in D.C. right now, Reed. All right, mate. Well, let me go ahead. I'm going to tell you, Dan Snyder, he doesn't get none, none more credit <laughs> than anybody else would get right now. He's not doing nothing. But I will say, props to him for stepping back, mate, and letting Ron Rivera go out there and do his thing. That, that was very impressive to me. I don't know what that, no, that was cool. That was cool. Hey, you went with but, it. I liked it, dude. I, that was a great right. accent. And I think I you're was. absolutely right about that. I think the, because we last year – had a pod, and I was very adamant by saying, Dan, you just bought a multi-million dollar yacht. Go out and enjoy the yacht. Leave the Ashburn alone. Let Ron Rivera do business. Let him get every right the ship. Let him get everything in order. And that's essentially what Snyder has done. You know, obviously, with the Chase Young pick, I remember 106.7 blew up about it because uh, Dan had wanted to know about what they were going to do with the second overall pick. And they're like, oh, here we go, Dan Snyder going back in, sniffing around again. That, yeah. No, yeah. that's different than Same him telling Dan. Him, yeah, th- that's different than him making the pick. He just wants to know what's going on. That right. he gets credit for. It be, taking a step back and being away, it was probably the best thing for him in a PR standpoint. Right. Obviously, with everything going on with him off the field, so he needed to take a step back. But that's what he gets credit for. for and also for bringing in Jason Wright and for bringing in Ron Rivera. He deserves a lot of credit for having the right mindset and bringing the right type of personality into the building. And that kind of personality is the type that says, shut up, sit down, Dan. We're not doing that. I'm I'm controlling things. He did that the right way. I'm glad yeah. that he did take a step back. What about you, Hall? Yeah, I mean, I'm right with you guys. Like, the only thing I would probably give him credit for is him hiring Ron Rivera those, that year and a half ago and letting him pretty much run the ship, let him do everything and taking that step back. And then on top of that, parlaying that into this upcoming offseason where he's still taking a step back, yeah. still not putting his hands into right. things and kind of just letting Ron and the guys run, let the football guys do football things. Right. So I will give him credit for that, and that's probably about it. Yeah, dude, I will, I'll tell you right now, I don't think Dan Snyder would be saying okay to Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he was still pulling the strings, no, I, think no, he'd no. Be tra- I think he'd be trading he'd, up for Trey Lance. I think he'd be trading up for Trey Lance. He would be telling us what to do. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. But, yeah, I mean, Snyder, props to him. I guess he finally learned that he had ADD, so he's like, I'm not going to touch anything. Maybe he got prescribed medicine. I don't know, <laughs> but he's not all hands-on. He's not all handsy and stuff anymore, except for with the cheerleaders maybe. Uh, I'm just kidding. On, uh, but, <laughs> no, I mean, props to him. He finally took a step back. You know, good, good. 
Yeah, and he he does deserve credit for that. Sorry, Kyle. No, I know that's terrible. All right, now Scott Scott Hartley's question, the inquirer for us. He said, with about eight million dollars left in cap space, do you see any more free agent moves, or do we move on to locking up Sheriff long term that can create more cap space for us, and then extending Jonathan Allen? Reed. Um. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what they what they do. I mean, they don't. They have a lot of needs left. I mean, I wouldn't say a lot, but they still have to sign at least another tight end. I'm, I'm sorry. They still have to sign a tight end, at least one more linebacker important, more than likely two, at least with the draft and stuff. So will they go out and get another surefire starter? I'm not so sure, but last year we saw them go out there and get mid-level guys and it worked out fantastic. So I trust them with what they do there. If they see something in somebody and they go out there and get them for a low deal, go for it. Um, and they still have some, they're, they're going to bring in some more guys. I, I don't yeah. know who it's going to be or, or when it might be the second wave of free agents. I don't know, but th- they are going to bring in some more people. Yeah. And look, I, I just want to say, I want to elaborate. I know I keep saying they only have 6 million. I know Scott says they have 8 million. We're adding in the fact that the draft class is going to buy spot track right. is right. going to cost about six to $8 million to sign those draft picks yeah. for what they have right now. So that is adding into it, taking it down to where it is six or 8 million. Now for me personally, I do think that they're done and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, because we've heard people discuss this saying about Jonathan Allen's extension coming this offseason, and I'm wondering if it has something to do with Landon Collins. When Because after June 2nd, I think it is, if they release Landon Collins, they don't have that cap penalty anymore, and they save a lot of money. And I wonder if with that money, they extend Jonathan Allen at the exact, at the exact same time. I'm not sure if that's available, but I would, that's the kind of avenue I could see them going down. What about you, Hall? Uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, think that I don't think they're done. I think they're going to probably add a, a linebacker that's out there probably for the cheap. Uh, people will go back to last year. Obviously this is around the time that they got a lot of those bargain basement kind of deals and bargain basement kind of players, <laughs> but that ended up working out. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that they're not done yet. I think they're going to spend maybe add maybe one more player, maybe like I said, a linebacker. And uh, as far as Jonathan Allen goes, I think that uh, I know his fifth option, fifth-year option got picked up whenever the, the league year started um, yesterday. So uh, I maybe they might try to get a deal done. I think their priority is going to be probably Sheriff to try to get a long-term deal done first. But worst comes to worst, I think that if they can't get a deal done, they're going to probably franchise him going into the next year and try to work it out from there or just keep him around for one more year, franchise him, and see what we can do from there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to lock up J.A. because he's a leader in the locker room. He's definitely a Ron Rivera guy. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely want to try to keep him around if we can. Yeah, 150%. Now, Rio's question for us, do the recent signings change your first-round outlook at all? Should wide receiver be in play, Hall? Uh, I mean, like I said, this is just – I know we already I, – I want to give the respect to Rio. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just be. saying, like, I'm just going to reiterate what I said earlier. Like I was saying earlier – um. Yeah, this wide receiver class is like super, 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 super deep. Super, super. If not, if not as deep as last year, maybe even a little bit deeper, as far as like middle to back end talent in the round. So, uh, wide receiver is probably off the board now because I got Curtis Samuel. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking as far as like the offense goes and far as like where they see it going forward. But I, I can tell you with utmost certainty that Rashad Bateman will not be taken at the 19th pick. Cause he sucks. Jesus, <laughs> Kyle, you're so wrong. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, nah, but seriously, I do think that uh, if they do go offense, it won't be receiver. It'll most likely be a, that's offensive tackle, like uh Darishaw or something like that. Or maybe Slater, if he uh, drops. So 
Yeah, that's where I'll go with it. That, yeah. I think wide receiver is more of a second to third round pick. Here's here's the thing. I've been saying that I think that no matter what, they're going to double up a receiver. Uh, they just have to. In my, they need more firepower on offense. Um, yeah. Still, I mean, Curtis Samuel, as good as he is, he's not. He's really he hasn't done much in terms of receiving up until last year. I mean, he's a very good gadget, but still a very good player. It's somebody you want who can definitely be that number two guy, but you still, you, I, if the right guy's there, I could totally see them taking a receiver still at 19. If one of the big three falls, I could totally see them going that way. I still think that their linebacker, probably your right offensive tackles more likely, but the, I still think that they'll at least go wide receiver on day two. Yeah, 100%. I'm right there with you. I think somebody like, because I was thinking, you know, look back at their past in drafting with Ron Rivera in Carolina. They liked the big physical wide receivers. Yeah. You know, Kelvin right. Benjamin, Devin Funches is another one. And, and Fitz has done best with bigger wide receivers. Yeah. As well, and so the guys that I'm kind of looking at are like Amari Rogers, Nico Collins type of guys in the second or in the third round, fourth round. That's who I could really see them targeting going after with the big playability there. They kind of give you the other aspect of the wide receiver. And I know that kind of matches up with AGG and Kelvin Harmon and what they're trying to do. Kind of the bigger, more possession wide receivers. And they Amari Rogers is 5'10, by the way. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about, right. I, but he's not like his play style isn't like Curtis Samuel. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not like he's, he's, he's a, more of a, he's more of a physical wide receiver. Yeah. yeah he's not yeah. like a slot yeah. guy. Possession type. Like he can play right. outside as okay, well. I thought you were, you were talking about size. I was like, I no, no, no. Sorry. I meant like, I meant more as like, <laughs> I was going to wait till he's done yeah. to say something. I was going to be like, you know, he's only like five. <laughs> no, 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 I know. I'm sorry. I, I should have said it. He's more of like yeah, an outside right, wide right. receiver than just a predominant slot guy, right, which is right. what the draft is you like really based on. That's where a lot of the talent is, is those slot guys. So that's where the kind of avenue I could see them going down. But no, I, I, I definitely think that this move changes wide receiver out of the first round. And if we're looking at anything, I think linebacker, offensive line, you're absolutely right, guys. Now, the next question is from Mike. With these signings, do we think that the offense has enough to unleash hell on the NFC? Not the NFC East, on the NFC. I'm going to go with, do they have the potential? Yes. Will they? I'm not so sure. Like, I love the signings. Don't get me wrong. Of course, I love the signings and they have the potential to be a lot better than last year. They should be. Um, I still think that they're a player two away from really being like, an, OK, this team is going to unleash hell on us uh, regularly. I But I think that they could still be a top 15 unit with this. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and be like, they're going to be top five. They're going to every week. It's going to be 35 <laughs> points. Like that's just not realistic with this. Uh, but yeah, I do love what they're doing so far. And I, I do think that they have the potential with this defense. Oh, yeah, this, this team was going to be great in the offense. It should only help the offense. Yeah, unleash hell, I'm not really sure, uh, Mike, it, uh, to be honest with you. But I do think they're going to be serviceable with what they've done. And I think yeah. the one quote from John Kime really said a lot about the situation because a lot of Panthers fans are saying, well, this coaching staff couldn't get a lot of that Curtis Samuel when he was there. It wasn't until another coaching staff got him that they could get the most out of him. Well, John Kime said they studied that. They studied what they did with him last year, and they're going to mimic that with this offense. And so I definitely think that this offense is going to take a big step forward, like I said earlier, to be able to contend with the Tampa Bays, the Kansas City offenses. They're going to be able to, not better than them, they're not going to be at the par, but they're going to be able to compete, especially added with this defense and how good that is. What about you, Hall? Yeah, I mean, I'm right with you guys also on this, where I don't think, like, unleash hell per se, but I definitely think that this will be probably, depending on what they do a wide receiver in the draft, I think this has the potential to be probably the best offense we've had since 2015 with Kirk and Jay Gruden and the guys. So, uh, and that was, Ooh. what, Kirk's best year with us when he threw for, like, over 4,000 yards? It was or a top five offense, yeah. Top five offense, exactly. So, I'm not going to go as far as that. Saying they're going to be top five, but I definitely expect them to be 
if not like 16, like middle of the pack, dead average, like Above I'd probably average. go between 12 to like 15 or 16, you know? Yeah, I think you, I think that's right on par. I don't think you're being homerish at all by, uh, yeah. with that prediction. And yeah. a lot of credit, Swift to Punish. I know you asked the same similar type of question to Mike, but I want to give you a, I want to give you a shout out because you deserve it. You're always liking and retweeting our stuff, so I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we kind of already answered your question about what. Free that's agents. how you get a shout out with us. You like and retweet any of our stuff. No, the, stuff really, dude. Out. Whenever I do like the game commentary, literally Swift to Punish is liking everything that I'm, I say all the time. <laughs> it's a great account. If you're not already, go follow it now. Let's move on to our NFL draft prospect breakdown where each of us break down one draft prospect for you guys and highlight their game a little bit to give you a little bit more insight into what could possibly be coming down for the Washington football team. Hall, I'll start with you first. Who are you breaking down in the draft? Terrace. Yes, I'm talking about named after a street, like the street (laughs) Terrace. I know that uh, we were texting earlier who we were doing. I kept saying Terrace, Terrace, but I, I guess my phone was like, Spell checking at the Terrence. Terrence. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, hey, real quick, Bears just released Kyle Fuller. Yeah, Fuller re- Fuller reunion. Ooh. Anyway, keep going on. <laughs> it's Ter- Terrace Marshall. Yeah, yeah, Terrace Marshall. Um, junior. He's the Marshall of the Terrace. Nah, but uh, Terrace Marshall, six one junior from LSU. Uh, obviously he uh, got a little bit of shine, a lot of shine, in 2019 with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Those are the big name guys, but if you look a little closer, studied the film, you'd see a guy named Terrace Marshall out there. Kyle did a film breakdown on him. Great job. Out there balling, making one-handed catches, running a lot of deep patterns. Like I said, he's a 6'1 guy, 200 pounds. He's a big body guy. 6'3. Every, yeah, everywhere I've seen has him listed at 6'3. Oh, shit. I said 6'. What did I say? 6'1? 6'1. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it said 6'3 in my paper. I was looking at 200 pounds. That's but <laughs> 6'3, 200 pounds. Uh, 2020, he only played seven games, but. He, had a, he averaged 100-plus yards per game. Uh, he had 10 receiving touchdowns, 15.4 average. Uh, he's a mismatch on cornerbacks because of his height. Obviously, he's a that's that bolts great for our offense because, like you said, Fitzpatrick loves those big, tall, big body go-up-and-get-it guys. Yep. See Devontae Parker last year in Miami. Um, he's great at high point in the ball. He doesn't have, like, the very, very best hands, but, again, he's a great contested catch guy, but – he kind of like loses concentration on the easy balls. Like, you know, like a lot of wide receivers do in the NFL. They yeah. make the great one-handed catches, uh, like a lot of contested catches come across the middle of a wide open dig route. And for, for some reason, they have brick hands. That happens to him sometimes here and there. But you can obviously work on that after practice, during practice, stuff like that. Um, he's a great vertical threat. He has great top-end speed. He's a great straight-line runner. Yep. So if you want to use him like on go routes, a lot of deep posts, a lot of deep digs. Um, the only problem is with that is he hasn't really developed the whole route tree yet. So if you're going to draft him, he's going to be a, maybe probably a day two guy, like third, second, third round guy. A Will and, Fuller uh, type. Yeah, exactly. The Will Fuller type that where he come in, he's a burner. He's just like use him as a deep threat. Yep. Use him to open up the offense downfield, spread the spread the field out a little bit, and then develop him on the route tree as he comes along. Because if you look at Will Fuller now, he's a top end receiver that can run every single route in the route tree. So uh, I like that about him. He has a lot of potential. And a good thing about Terrace Marshall is also that he excelled against his best competition. Yep. So going against J.C. Horn last year in South Carolina, mm-hmm. who was their standout wide or cornerback, he had six catches for 88 yards, two touchdowns. It wasn't his best game all season. His best game came against Missouri, who's not the best defense, probably the worst in the SEC, honestly. But still to put up 11 catches, 
235 yards and three touchdowns is just a stat that will blow you out the water, no matter how many or how bad the defense is you're going against. Uh, some of his weaknesses, he's not a very super fast, like twitchy type of guy, athlete type of guy. Like I said, he's more of a straight line, top ends, like speed type of guy. Uh, he's kind of slower in and out of his breaks, which in the NFL, if you're coming out of your breaks slow, it gives the cornerbacks and the safeties a lot of time to close. Windows close up, batted balls, interceptions, that kind of things. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, he's going to be used as a Z on the outside, which is a need that we uh, we need right now. Obviously, Terry yeah. McLaurin. Need the height. And he, and he works very well off the slot as a Z uh, receiver, like Keenan Allen, those type of guys. And, yeah, uh, my player comp to him would be Tyrell Williams that was with the Chargers for a little a bit right? Yeah, that's yeah, with the Raiders one. last year. So uh, yeah. a guy that can run the deep routes, a speedy guy that you wouldn't think that, like, he's going to go for five, six, seven, eight catches a game. But somehow you look up. He has six catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown on you. So he'd be a great addition and maybe on day two for the Washington football team. Yeah, and unlike Rashad Bateman, he actually shows up in championship games and, and playoff <laughs> games because uh, Rashad Bateman had, I think, like four receptions for like 30 yards in their one bowl game where Terrence Marshall – even Terrence Not Marshall, Bateman's fault. Dude, I'm <laughs> telling you right now, Terrence you Marshall – You can't watch more than Terrence, just 2020. I'm telling you right now from the film I've watched. From the film I've watched. Terrace Marshall is what Rashad Bateman everyone is projecting to be. Terrace I Marshall, love Terrace Marshall. Don't get me wrong. Terrace Marshall was by Bateman's himself better. this year. He was by himself this year. Didn't have any help. Had bad quarterback play, Bateman. multiple quarterbacks, right. and put up Same more Bateman. yards than Rashad Bateman, who had, was in the similar circumstance. And Terrace and, Marshall's going against SEC defenses. And you also got to remember, though, Rashad Bateman uh, last minute decided he was going to play football. This well, also, uh, SEC was, defenses are not what SEC defenses were. It's right. more like the Big Ten is the SEC of defenses nowadays. No, it's I'm just not. Playing. Hmm? Big Ten. The Big Ten defense right now. Or the SEC of defenses nowadays, yes. You see all these SEC SEC teams putting up 45, 50 points a week. Easily. That's a valid point. Go to the Big Ten. They're averaging like 30 points max. That doesn't mean that their defenses are bad. The big what what defense of the Big Ten would you tell me is top five right now? Uh Ohio State. Uh Northwestern. Oh, Ohio Uh, State's defense is uh, ass. Oh, in the country? You're talking about in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, out of the Big Ten, the Big Ten's defenses are not as good as they were. Ohio State was getting thrown on this year. Sean Wade took a huge step back. Well, it wasn't until Chase Sean Young Wade left that they were Sean Wade was never that good to me. He was a Notre bum, Dame sucks. Now. Michigan's defense sucks. They How got their... not even in the Big Ten. So you don't even oh, know nothing. Keep oh going. God, <laughs> Penn, State, Penn State was terrible this year as well. What are you, Maryland? Maryland sucks. Hey, 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 hey. Well, Penn look, State loves to get a little behind in the locker room. I'm, so they, I'm not talking about to... this year. I'm talking about this is a COVID year. A lot of people set out. A lot of the top players set out to get ready for the Okay, draft. but regardless, we're, we're getting away from All the right. fact. But regardless, <laughs> regardless, the SEC is better. Um, But my, <laughs> guy, my, my guy that I'm highlighting, I know we're getting close to the hour. My guy I'm highlighting is Micah Parsons. Uh, who we've talked about because I've done a lot of mock drafts. I was telling the guys pre-recording that for some reason on Draft Network, Michael Parsons over the past two days has all of a sudden been available at 19. So there might be a lot of buzz around the league that there's a good chance that he'll be there. And if he is, the Washington football team needs to go ahead and take that uh, to the bank because that is the Luke Keekley type, sitting at 6'3", 244 pounds. In 2019, he sat out 2020. For 2019, 109 total tackles, 52 total uh, solo tackles, five sacks, and four forced fumbles. The guy is all over the field. He can play in the middle of the field in coverage. He can come up and stifle in the run. He can also is lethal in the blitzing. And we talked about bringing William Jackson here with the zero blitz. 
when you're blitzing those six guys, guess what? Guess what? Who else is going to be blitzing those linebackers? And if you have Michael Parsons and Cole Holcomb rushing up the middle in that zero blitz, a, a lot of credit to the to the quarterbacks if they're able to get the ball out because that's going to be really tough for defenses. I think Michael Parsons is arguably the not arguably is the best linebacker in this draft. But a lot like with Jonathan Allen, Brian Arakpo, like we talked about slipping to Washington when no one expected them to. There's a good chance with his character concerns that Micah could come here. And with the leadership of Jack DeRio and Ron Rivera, I think that he'll be nipped in the butt and he'll be a great professional for this organization. Micah Parsons is a first-round pick by far, and I hope he's there at 19. And he's a talent-wise, he's top five, in yeah. my opinion. He's so good. And Micah Parsons is so fun to watch. I'll do one. I'll do mine fast so that way we can hop on out of here. But I'm going to go with Tylen Wallace, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Tylen Wallace stands at 5'11", 193 pounds. He has played all four years at OK State. Uh, he's an all-around good wide receiver. He's got a nice quick release. Uh, he's very tough. He, may, he makes adjustments towards the ball. He's, he's actually a surprisingly good blocker. He's just mm-hmm. one of those hard-nosed throwback type guys. He's fairly good after the catch, and uh, he's very good in the slot. He's another one of those guys who's just very, a very solid slot receiver that you can get on day two, possibly even day three. Um, his weaknesses, he's not necessarily a deep threat. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have burners. I mean, I mean he's, it's been reported that he's been timed at 445 at OK State, which is I mean, it's pretty good. But for somebody who's 5'11", 193, I mean, you, you'd expect him to be a little bit faster. Um, and he's not big bodied for his his frame right. is just not, it, it, there's nothing really there that really stands out. But he could be dangerous. He's got great slot. hands. He's, he yeah, kept, he that's what I said. He makes adjustments. He catches everything that comes his way. I yeah. mean, there's a reason that he's been productive for the last three years. He's had over 900 yards receiving each year, especially 2018. He had uh, almost 1,500 yards receiving. Uh, and my comparison for him, he could be a Tyler Boyd, Sterling Sharp type if, if he Ooh, wow. his potential. Which that's is a great comparison. Good, uh, yeah, I like the Sterling Sharp comparison. It's Sterling Shepard. Shepard, yeah, I said yeah. Sharp. <laughs> he's uh, definitely not Sterling Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he's someone who I could definitely see being available, and depending on how wh- how they see using Curtis Samuel, maybe he's another one of those wide receivers that you could see on day two or three. Yeah, and that, that's a great one. I, when I watched Tevin Jenkins' film, Tylen Wallace just jumps out. Tevin Jenkins is so fun to watch. Yeah, so much right. fun to watch. Right. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you to Mark Tyler of the Hogshaven for stepping by. Right. We're going to have some great guests for you guys next week. Uh, I don't expect us to have any big news to talk about next week. We'll just be able to kind of highlight the draft for you a little bit more. Maybe next week we'll expand to doing three prospects each uh, for the NFL draft and breaking down. All right, everybody. I'm Kyle. Is he frozen? Are you guys going to say anything? Yeah. I said I'm Kyle. I know. I was waiting for Hall. He looks frozen. Oh, yeah, he does look frozen. I thought you were talking about me. No, he is frozen. No, (laughs) Hall is frozen. Okay. (laughs) Real fast, who do you look at when call? You gonna go? Yeah, I was frozen, but I'm back now. Who are you? For what? I said I'm Kyle. Like we're leaving. (laughs) Oh, I was. I don't even know what's going on. I was frozen, so I couldn't even. (laughs) But I'm unfrozen now. So peace. Um, real fast, who do you guys look at when you guys are doing these? I always stare at myself. Is that weird? Yeah. I look at the person talking, which is probably why people think I'm always like sleeping and shit. So (laughs) I literally I just stare at myself. I do that on FaceTime, too. I don't look at the other person. Right. All right, everybody. We'll catch you guys next week on Tuesday. We'll have a brand new episode for you. All right, everybody. Washington football. What's up, everybody? It's your man Kyle from the Burgundy Zone. I hope you enjoyed the last video as much as we did. If you like what you saw, please like the video by clicking the thumbs up symbol and subscribe to the channel. It really helps us continuing to do what we do and making great content for y'all. If you want to stay up to date on new episodes, make sure you click on the notification bell and I'll see you guys next time.